All right, Racing News Podcast, we're back. It's uh, it's another Sunday night edition, episode 71. Um, there has been little to talk about in the AFL world this weekend for Brisbane Lions fans um, and for Collingwood fans. So we'll probably give that a wide berth, Kyle, if that's all right. Oh, we should have we got Luke on. on. We should have got Luke on. Oh. Damn, I didn't even think of that. Yeah. I think we yep. should have opened with him. I should have gone a little. Uh, anyway. We should have. We missed a chance there. That's okay. <laughs> so yes, we'll give we'll give the AFL a wide berth. That's that's been uh, buried for the next season. So let's just let's just talk running, Kyle. So, um, so a few headline making moments, I guess, over the last fortnight. We're not too sure how much there is to chat about, but there's a few headline ma- uh, making moments. Um, we've got Glasshouse 100. We'll chat a little bit about summer goats. There was quite a crew that head down to, headed down to Sydney this morning for the Sydney Marathon. Surf Coast Century, there's a few people that went to that. Um, I've got to get some pronunciation of names right, which I've got written in very bold, big letters here on my notepad to make sure I do that. And, yeah, a little bit from Park Run and a few other things. But, yeah, there hasn't been a huge amount of racing, but we'll, we'll do our best to pad this out as long as we can. So, yeah, Kyle, kick it off. We've, we've both done two... Two lots of two sessions plus a good long run and a good trail run in the last week. So we're going um, hit for hit at the moment, stride for stride, heading towards GC50. I've entered. I'm not sure you have. Still waiting on a no, uh, free entry. Still I haven't not entered yet. I'm sure it'll pop up somewhere. <laughs> yeah, I'll give it a while. Well, you you you're actually one of the pin up boy, uh, the the photo boys at the moment. Yeah, surely that's the worth at least a discount code or something. Sure. You're you're on about three or four of the photos. You're the I think you're the main shot for the relay. Fair enough, but then in the back, I think in the background background of Eddie winning the fifty, you're in the background of that one as well. So you're in you're in the background Perfect. a few times. So yeah, we'll we'll leave that open for a couple more weeks. See see what happens from the uh, from the organisers. Maybe a ticket will come your way. Who knows? <laughs> what nice. do we got? Nice. If they're listening, Talk- yeah. Training. Well, I was just, it was funny. I was scrolling through my Strava just then and your, your face is pretty much in all the photos that have been posted on any runs in the last fortnight. So I think our weeks yep. have almost been identical with, with yep. these sessions and things, which has been good. But yeah, I'm, I've had a good couple of weeks, kind of same as you. Everything's been building nicely. Mm. I don't know if that's changed our predictions for GC50, our, our mm. time predictions and whether that margin's moved in or out. I don't know. It might be staying well, that- quite still at the moment. Can we start? Can we start with that? Do we have a? Do we have a mark? Is it forty minutes? Well, I was. I thought we came to about forty-two. Can we? Can we go forty-two? Forty-two minutes. Okay. Well, it's because you were throwing around ideas of taking your your park run PB or your five k recently, and I actually thought, you know what? Let's take our marathon PB because if we did that, you'd be in a lot of trouble because I've never run a good marathon. <laughs> so, but I think I uh, forty-two minutes. I think would be good because that would say if I can somehow slip under four hours, which is kind of my goal that I put down when I had to enter, I said, they said goal time. And I said, okay, 3.59, give me something with a three and I'll be delighted. I don't know whether I can do that. Um, but if I do that, that forces you to run 3.18, doesn't it? 3.17, which, what, what did you do 50K in on the track that day? 3.29. i got no chance. You're a shoo-in. We should go wow. for 50K PBs. Well, okay, so so you're you're hoping so you're hoping I run about a four oh five, four ten then, aren't you? Oh mate, you can run three fifty if you want. I'll go for it. It's all good. You run whatever you want. I'll have let's, a let's let's make it a round number. Let's make it forty minutes. Because I if I'm doing maths in my head, no, if, if I'm doing okay. maths in my okay. head late on. Okay, forty. Forty? You happy with forty? Okay, we'll do forty. Yeah. <laughs> forty is locked in. Forty is I the like mark it. at the moment. Forty is the mark because you you can you can well and truly run. So yeah, I, I think I think you're going to run a, a lot faster than you think, and a hell of a lot faster than you did on that fifty k day. Um, so we'll see. Yeah. We'll see. I might blow up. You might beat me. What happens if you beat me? Well, I mean that's it. Podcast done. We're finished. Um, the podcast retiring? is over. Yeah. Then yeah, that's yep. true. We'll, we'll retire you. <laughs> okay, forty minutes is locked in um let's go training talk us through the training session okay yes so very normal monday runs but yeah the um starting on like the 5th of september that week um the plan was to have it as a bit more of a strength week so not anything really super short and fast on that tuesday so the tuesday section session actually ended up being quite a, a big session for a tuesday it was normally a kind of a friday type session 
So we did five by six minutes at threshold, which is normally something I would do on a Friday, but kind of wanted nothing super hard, but to get, get a bit more time in at these kind of threshold paces is the, the plan at the moment. So did five by six minutes and I felt good from memory. Went 334, 333, 330, 329, 327. It's always good when they progress like that. You know, you've had a half decent session when each yep. rep gets slightly faster. So I remember I felt good on that one. I think it was relatively cool that morning. Might have been a bit of a breeze, but quite nice. And then ticked off ticked off 90 minutes on Wednesday with Wednesday walkers. That's become mm. a bit more of a staple. I've done a few of those in a row now. I think that's three weeks in a row I've I've gone up. But no too early for those i'm sure people see my stats on those days and just go what's this idiot doing up at that early in the morning but i've been getting trying to get about 90 minutes in on a wednesday which has been good not um so kind of end up averaging about five minute pace for those runs which is nice um thursday just ran easy friday session we did 35 minutes tempo yep. and i think i was with i'm trying to think who actually was with us on this one Pretty sure Luke was with me. I think Rob was Rob there that day. I can't remember. And then Rinny and Chris were there. I can't remember. I feel like there's someone else with us. Anyway, we averaged three. No, maybe it was just Luke and I. We ran, oh, this is the day that that's right, 35 minutes. And I ran 35 minutes and 12 seconds because I wanted to get to 10Ks. Yeah. I think I looked down at my watch <laughs> with about five seconds to go. And I'm like, nah, I've got to run an extra 10 seconds here. I've got to get to, got to, get to 10K. Average 331s for that one. So that was good. I was happy with that. So that was two pretty good quality sessions, a fair bit of time at kind of that up-tempo threshold pace, which was feeling good. Um, and then I took the Saturday off because for the first time in, well, the first time since I got carried off the ground at Kokoda, I ventured back into the back into the trails. So mm. a group of us, yourself, Rinny, Jack, and, and me headed out to do... Well, we were doing two and a half hours in the ring. Um, and, yeah, we did go loop 5.0. So I think yes. last year we, yeah. what, did one loop each in the whole series and we're both one for one. So we're off to a good start with that. So we thought, yep. you know, if we're going out the trails, we may as well tick off a tick off a 5.0. So we did a little loop earlier on in the dark, the headlamps, and then met up. And, yeah, it was a good run. I suppose we were all kind of together. So give us your rundown of that run, Tom. How did... How did you find 5.0? What were your tactics going into that run? You were supposed to race that day and then you didn't. So where were you at with that run? So I'd already done it a week earlier, hadn't I, with Brad. I'd done um, 5.0 and I think I did 201, so I was more than happy with that. And then I think you guys did sort of mention you were going to go out and run under two hours somewhere. And, you know, I was, I was just climbing up um, Trail Geeks and I thought it's just not feeling it, not feeling at all. So... Eventually, you guys sort of went, didn't you? I sort of yelled, just just get going at 8, 9, 10K or whatever it was. And, uh, yeah, I came in at 2.03, so it was all right. It was fine. It was just ended up being another long run. So um, I didn't have, I didn't think I was going to be able to keep up with you guys, but that's that's as good as I've got at the moment. I did, which I did try to get into your head on that climb. I don't know if you heard it when I said, oh, you were supposed to race today, Tom. You can get a race effort in today, surely. And yeah. then I remember when yeah. we kind of thought we'd kind of gone ahead and then I turned around and you were only like you know, 20 Probably 20 seconds behind us at about yeah. 11, 10, 11 Ks. And I thought, this if if you get back on the back here, you're, you're <laughs> on for a sub two here. It's going to be a PB day. And then I couldn't no. see any more. So I knew you'd, you'd gone off the back and just taken the foot off the gas a little bit. Yeah. But yeah, well, it was the other thing we we're going to say. And I don't even know if we ended up chatting about this afterwards, but that back section of fire trail, yeah. Um, kind of around only the 5.0 goes on it out the back, kind of the very northwest corner of the forest. That's the best condition I've ever seen that fire trail in. They've obviously yeah, kind of graded good. it from the Maudsland side. I couldn't believe how nice it was. That's creek, that climb when you come out of that creek before you go down the really steep one. Mm. That's the best condition I've ever seen. One of the, like probably any climb in the rain ever. Mm. It was just perfect. So I wish they could do that to the whole forest. If they did that to the whole forest, I reckon I'd be in there a whole lot more. But yeah, it was good. I don't know what you thought about that, but I wish the rest of the forest looked like that. Absolutely. Well, um, we'll get to we'll get to summer goats as in a bit, won't we? Because we'll go through some times and talk about the time you guys did. But what about this week's sessions then? So, um, some longer tempos on the Friday, wasn't there? Yeah, this week well, I started. That was the other thing. I started off with a big double this week, Tom. I know we talked about this yesterday. I did eight k's and five k's. I, I don't know if that counts as a double. 
I don't, I don't yeah. think I'm going to count that as a double. Um, no, Tuesday, Tuesday was an interesting one because my quads were a little bit heavy from the weekend, not as heavy as some people that did that group run, but we won't, mm-hmm. we won't name names. But we did start off with, I reckon, the slowest warm up we've ever done on a yeah. workout day. Five eighteens for the warm up. That was amazing. That was probably the highlight of my week. Easy warm up. Um, and then yeah, we did a, as I call it, a threshold sandwich where we do. I did. We Luke, Luke and I did three Ks, three thirty-five jog for three minutes, and then we did five by minute hard minute jog, um, another little jog, and then two Ks a bit harder at the end. I think we ran about three three eighteens around for the last two K. Yeah, and this was I like this type of session. I like the the short sharp efforts in the middle of a middle of a threshold session. And I know you did something similar, Tom. So how did you find the the hard reps in the middle of the the longer reps? Oh, brilliant. And the thing I think I think I said to you afterwards is that I think most of my Tuesdays I've been looking at sort of five, six, six and a half kilometres of work on in, in the actual workout. So to put, I only did two by 2K and then five by one. So that pretty much put me at, I think, five and a half, 5.6, 5.7 kilometres for the for the session. But it actually went really quick. So, yeah, it's it's good at the moment. We're, we're really mixing up these Tuesday sessions, aren't we? And almost getting a very similar amount if i look at my tuesday workouts they're almost exactly the same sort of distance each time so that's i'm really i mean I, i'm massively starting to see the benefits i think i've put together three or four weeks now of where i've been there every tuesday every friday and all of a sudden those workouts are actually becoming enjoyable they were ridiculously annoying and painful at the start because there's just no fluidity but now that i put together sort of three four weeks it's actually starting to come together and I think I said to you a while ago, because I'm doing these sessions on a Tuesday, Friday in the Alpha Flies, that I just wasn't feeling the Alpha Flies at all. But again, now that I've done a few sessions and obviously my fitness is coming good and my stride is starting to get back to what I guess it used to be and it's getting to be a bit more comfortable, suddenly these shoes are feeling unbelievable. It's really, really good. Um, purposely this morning, I didn't, I, I, didn't, I didn't do the long run in the Alpha Flies this morning and we'll get to that soon because I'd like to know your thoughts on that. But to run in these every Tuesday, th- Tuesday, Friday, you said a while ago that it just makes you look forward to the session and bloody hell it does. Like I really look forward to putting those shoes on and going, okay. I know, and it's almost the stage where I know I'm going to be able to get through the session, which is such a confidence boost. Like, you know, two months ago when I was just starting to come back a little bit into these, I, I wasn't sure if I was going to be able to finish the session. Now, you know, okay, as long as I don't go stupid, then the session will be done. And it's another one ticked off. And just the the beauty of ticking off them week after week after week now is is really starting to make a difference. And I think that's the the key, like you said, is once you string together like three or four weeks of those consistent sessions, and not that any one of those sessions has to be anything crazy, but you just tick off week upon week of those consistently, you start to feel amazing. And I think that's the thing that people mistake people make is they probably try and rush the sessions a bit too hard too soon and push too hard in those sessions. And yep. end up just not enjoying them. They're fatigued from them. They don't feel like they're ready for the next run. Whereas if you just tick the sessions off consistently, you're not going at 100% effort and you just put together a few weeks, it, you start to really see the benefit. And that's the key. If you do things for long yep. enough, you'll you start to get a big benefit. So I agree. I think, like I said, it's easy knowing you're going to meet a group of people as well. That's the best bit about the sessions. Mm. You're not getting up to try and do that by yourself early in the morning yep. so no they're, they're always good for other people that obviously meet other people for group sessions as well i'm sure they know what we're what we're talking about and how much easier it makes but the other the last session in this fortnight was i really enjoyed this one um i don't i don't do the, these types of sessions too often but, but i love them when i when i do them i should probably do them a bit more so the plan was to do three by ten minutes broken up into seven minutes and three minutes so the first seven minutes was kind of going to be a good temporary effort and the last three minutes was going to be a little bit harder where it's still controlled, but you're definitely pushing effort a little bit more. And I thought this would be a great session. And I knew that Luke was going to be working away on the Friday. We've got a few other people that are away at the moment. So I thought, oh, it might even be a solo session for me. And then luckily I got a text off a good friend of our ad friend of ours, Adzi Gordon, on Thursday afternoon asking what session I've got for tomorrow. So I told him and he said, yep, that sounds great. And then we got down to Main Beach Friday morning, got into our warm-up, and it was absolutely bucketing down. And I thought, oh, I wonder what the chances are of Adzi showing up for this session now that's pouring rain. And there was no Adzi, so it was a solo <laughs> session. It was a solo session for me, unfortunately. But yeah. it was good. I I don't know because I know you did, you did the similar session, Tom, how you felt. But I, 
it, we had a bit of a headwind. Normally we have a headwind coming back and we have a bit of a tailwind on the way out, but this time mm. it was the opposite. We had a headwind on the way out. And I remember in the first rep, the first seven minutes, I just felt, I was like, oh, just not quite feeling it this morning. I felt like I probably couldn't have even gone much quicker, not that I was running super fast. And then once I kind of got into the second rep and then started to turn around and got the tailwind a little bit, I felt amazing. And I felt like as this session kept going, I felt better and better. And yeah. you know, I probably could have done another 10 minutes off the back of that that last one as well, but I pushed the last one a bit. But I think for the, and obviously the two splits of the seven minutes and three minutes, I went 336, 326, and then 332, 318, and then 322, 306 for the last one. And obviously I pushed that last one a little bit, kind of wind behind me as well, but felt amazing that was by far the best of the four sessions in the last fortnight that one i don't know about yeah. you but i really enjoyed that one that was a that was a good confidence boost yeah and it, it comes back to just i guess running smart isn't it and that's that's what i'm feeling the consistent sessions are now starting to teach me is that you actually are able to, to dial into the pace that you you know you can run consistently for whatever the rep is without completely killing yourself um and that's no matter which coach you talk to on the Gold Coast, that's the message, isn't it? That you have to run smart and you've got to run conservatively and you don't want to destroy yourself. And I guess when you're, when you're training for a 50K road race, that is that is the big message for that. So I was the same. I mean, um, in the three reps, I think I'd, the difference between the seven minutes and the three minutes was about 10 or 15 seconds a kilometre. So it was really good. I was very fortunate. This The last couple of weeks, I've been very fortunate to have Jack Gill, who's coming back from a bit of an injury so he's been training with me as a bit of a rehab session for him and just to have someone next to me or in front of me or you know just around you just to talk to you through things has been has been wonderful as well so um but yeah it's just great sessions been really really enjoying him but on to the long run this morning because we both did well you did two and a half hours this morning and I did two hours and I, I really haven't wanted to do these long runs leading up to GC50 in in the alpha flies in the super shoes I really want to keep them for sessions and for race day. So are you the same? We've got 11 weeks to go. Will you be spending most of your long runs in other shoes apart from the Alpha Fly? And, and if you use them, what would you use them for? Yeah. So I'll spend most of the next 11 weeks. It depends, like you said, on what we're doing. But <clears throat> this morning was just, I was in the Asics Nova Blast, which, which felt great. And I'll probably stay in those or something similar for the next few weeks. But I think in this lead up, we're probably going to do a maybe a couple of kind of long runs where we're going to throw in a little bit of race pace efforts um, yeah. within the long run. And I reckon for those sessions, I don't know whether I'll, I'll change shoes mid long run or whether I'll do the whole run um, in, in my race shoes, I potentially might change into them depending on how long we're going for at the race efforts. So yeah. I actually said, because I'm leading into camp where I did a few long runs in the, in the race shoes and felt amazing, but and the reason I did that is just I pull up so much better from those long runs. Like I barely feel my legs. Next day I'm ready to go again. Like I don't really get any soreness or anything. But for me, I almost would use those shoes earlier in a training block when I'm not quite as conditioned to those long runs so I recover from them and pull up better. And then as I get stronger on those long runs, now I'm at the point where I can kind of just go back to my normal runners. And, you know, after this morning's run, felt great. Like legs weren't really sore or anything. I was just in my, mm. my normal my normal long run shoes. So I reckon now for me, like I know I'm running well. If I can get through two, two and a half hours, legs feeling pretty strong, just wearing my normal trainers, then I know I'm in a good spot and then I'll, I'll save the race shoes for race day. So why why do we save the race shoes for race day? If if they're good, if if you feel better in them, if you recover better, if you enjoy wearing them, why don't we wear them for long runs as well? well it's it, I think for me, I... I in those super shoes that have plates because that's kind of what we're talking about any of those big high stack soft shoes when I'm moving well and running at a good pace they feel really good but if I start to like go easier on these long runs I don't feel as good as they do when I'm running a little bit faster um and also for me as well like they're just sometimes they're almost too soft like And I feel like I just get lazy with my running, especially towards the end of long runs where I almost want to be able to feel the ground a little bit more and tick my legs over. And I was actually just looking this morning, like, and that's one thing, like my, I've always got a really quite high cadence for my running, but we did two and a half hours this morning and my, and just in Nova Blast. And I think my average cadence was 195 for the long run. <laughs> so I'm like, I know when I'm ticking my legs over like that, wow. I'm, I'm feeling okay, which was a good sign. So like, I like seeing numbers like that where I know that, you know, I can tick over at that for two and a half hours pretty comfortably, then that's a 
that's a pretty good sign. So I look, I think there is a place to use them occasionally. But also yeah. for me, I actually remember thinking back after Canberra and thinking, geez, I wish I'd done some more long runs just in some like heavier shoes, more just to condition my legs, like to make it feel yeah. harder, like to make them my legs work a little bit harder. Because for me, that last probably 10Ks at Canberra after running a few more hills, I was I was pretty sore. My legs were pretty sore towards the end. And that's kind of the thing that stopped me in the end was just my legs didn't have it in me that day, more than mm. my fitness. So Training-wise, when I was using those shoes, you know, fitness-wise, I felt fantastic and legs felt good. But I kind of wish I'd I'd used those shoes as a bit of a extra challenge in training, which I'm definitely going to do a little bit more in this training block to see and hopefully feel fantastic at the end of GC50. Hopefully my legs <laughs> aren't the thing that I'm thinking about, but I'm yeah. sure they will be. But we'll see. So what did you say? 195 was your was your average? Yep. Can you can you can you see on your app quickly there what your stride length was? Because I've got I've got 181 for my cadence, which for me, at my height, I'm delighted with. And then average stride length, 120 centimetres. What uh, Can you see your stats there on stride length? It's amazing the data that we get now, look. isn't it? Running I don't, power, I don't, I don't look. Yeah, running power I don't go into, but heart rate was 148. So that's I'm pretty happy with that, you know? Yeah, that's, so that. I was looking at mine. I was Mine was 144, and I was like, that's actually – I was very happy with that. I think my max yeah. is still a tick over – I tick over 200. So if I can sit in the low to mid 140s running a decent pace. So what are we looking yep. for? Stride length. Stride length. Right. Average stride length, 1.12. So 112. So I was... 112. So I'm at 120. So eight centimetres per stride longer, but 14 strides per minute less. Someone do the maths on that. Uh, so there we go. <laughs> All right. So, um, so last question. So you, you got to 100k this week. Will you will you go much higher? Would you get to 120 in the lead up to this, or will you stick in the in that um, low hundreds? You know, I don't. I, this will just purely depend on kind of what sessions we're doing. So I've still been taking days off in the last few weeks whenever I feel yeah. like I need them. I haven't actually run every day for ages. I don't think I've run mm-hmm. every day in a week since probably before Gold Coast Marathon. Yeah. So. Yeah, no, I, I potentially will. It just depends how I'm feeling. I'm, the only thing will be whether I start to double on a Monday if I get time. Because um, otherwise, I just I probably don't have any other time in the week where I can fit mm. too much more in. Um, yep. Like the long run might get a little bit longer, which might make it, you know, one, I might end up with 115, 120 max out at that. But yeah, that, as far as kind of my week goes at the moment, that's probably the most I'm going to. I'm going to fit in, but I feel like I can get enough kind of quality. And, you know, for me, I feel like if I can, you know, consistently run an average of, you know, 100Ks a week all yep. the time, I can build enough strength over that if I'm doing that for months um, yep. rather than trying to do anything crazy in one particular week. So I'll kind of, I'll be banking on my my years of running, not the last six weeks leading into GC50, hopefully. So Definitely. hopefully that plan works. Plenty of time to go. Plenty of time to go on that. All right, let's um let's pivot over to the races that have been happening. So the, I guess this the big one locally has been um the Glasshouse 100. So the Glasshouse 100, pretty it's Australia's oldest miler in the country. So it always gets a good little crowd there. And this, if you look at the podiums for male and female across the board, there was some some great performances and a record which we'll get to. Uh, this took us a little bit of time to figure out what the record was, but we've been told by a good source what the record actually is and it's 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 actually and this is what we we had a bit of a chat about on wednesday it's harder than you think to break this record it could be one of the most difficult records to break and anyone who can break it take your hat off to it but we'll get to that in a second so the glasshouse hundred miler so this kyle i think am i right in saying this was billed as a, the national championships for the hundred yeah miler? so this was the trail yeah. trail hundred mile championships so let's go through some results there. Females, first of all. So Eliza Brewer, 27 hours, 25 minutes. Second was Yana Clare in 26-22. And taking the win in 25 hours, 43, was Hannah McRae. In the male, some some well-known names here who've battled it out across the board in, in many different races over the last decade or more. So third place was Kevin Muller in 23 hours, 42 uh, second place, Ryan Crawford, 20 hours, 54. Now, Kyle, I think Ryan's come second here a few times. I, th- I know he's definitely won it, but he he came second to Brad mm. Glover one year as well. Um, and he's come second to to Nolus, Ray Hart, in 18 hours, 41. And Nolus is actually paced by Brad and a few other people as well. So 
So that's a great performance and another great performance from Ryan there. He, he really clocks up the miles and clocks up the races at, at Glasshouse. And a good time from Nollis, 18 hours 41. I don't know too much yeah. about how the race unfolded, but that's a significant win. He's, that's two he's hours. Run well. Any yeah. like any time that someone like, you know, and I know I've talked about Nollis on this podcast, but I still think he's one of the one of the most underrated ultra runners in the country. And I think yeah. he's just showing that by winning by two hours in the Australian yep. hundred mile championships. Um yeah, eighteen forty one. Like that's that's a cracking time. So yeah, not very often you're winning races by a couple of hours. So he's He's running very well at the moment and looking forward to seeing what he does next. I know he's so, back back in the winner's circle. If we go back to last year's time, so I've just got them up here. So Glasshouse 100, 2021, the miler. Ryan Crawford actually won. Yeah, it was last year he won. He won it in 24 hours, 21 minutes. So Nolis has, has lowered the last year's time by six hours there. Um, second last year was 20 hour, 24 hours, 30 minutes. Um, so it was very close last year. So, so with with Nolas actually being there, Ryan's run a lot quicker than he did last year. So that's that's great to see. Um, the other thing, Tom, I was just going to say, yeah, I was yeah. I was talking to to Sean Lyons, which we'll get into in a second after the race, and he said yeah. that he was talking to Kevin Muller after the finish, and Kevin stumbled across a a lost family out hiking in the Glasshouse Mountains in the middle of the night and had to had to lend them his spare headlamp. And fortunately oh, really? for them, he was able to point them and say, follow the course markings because that will lead you back to the back to the school. And they were able to follow the course back to the school. So what a wow. good story that is. How good, how good and, is trail runners? How good, how good are trail runners? Well, well, two things on that, Kyle. So one of, first of all, how good are the course markings at AAA Racing then if a lost family in the wilderness can use them to get back? That's a, that's a statement in itself. Secondly, can you imagine if they did a random gear check at the finish line? They said, show us your backup light. And, and your excuse is, oh, I um, I came across a lost family stumbling in the wilderness. And I'm going I'm to use that next time. There's they the excuse for every, for every trail runner. One. The reason I don't have my buff or my mobile <laughs> is I had to give it to a lost family um, somewhere stumbling. So we need to have those ready. I don't know whether that would have got past. But, um, but yeah, well done, well done, Kevin. The, the world of trail running, hey? So, Kyle, do you want to go through the 100 um, results? And you can also then talk us through the, the record, the Glasshouse yeah. 100 record. So we'll go to the females first. So Sarah Jane Hipwell was third in 1839. Uh, Karina Bowes was second in 1612. And Rebecca Dalton took the win in 1437. Um, and then in the males, Kieran Douglas was third. And I think Kieran led for most of the way. Um, yeah. But he ended up in third in 1419. Stuart Boardman was second, 1411. And the legend of Sean has taken out yeah. the win in 1345. So now we have to call him that name. Sorry, Sean, but you can't go around winning. Sean winning ultras like this and without thinking you're going to get called the legend of Sean. So T loss for the win. He's done well. So Tom, take us, take us through this record that Sean has broken. Well, I don't know too much about it, but I kept seeing in the days after Glasshouse 100 that Sean had broken a record and you're thinking what, what record Sean broken? Like he's a great runner. You know, he, he gets around to all these different races, always does well. He's always there at the finish line, there or thereabouts, finishes races all over the shop. And then you think, right, he's broken a course record. What is it? So on, and then I speculated to you, I thought, what what could this possibly be? And we were throwing around a few ideas. And then he told us on Wednesday that this is the, how do I phrase this, Kyle? Um, this was the, the longest, slowest. The, I was going to say the longest. <laughs> the longest winning time for the Glasshouse 100. So no one has taken a longer time to finish the Glasshouse 100 and still won it. So that was that stands at 13 hours 45. So this is what I said before. Challenge anyone to go out there and run the Glasshouse 100 in 13.45 and still win it. Um, because if you come second, you obviously don't get the record. If you run faster, you've done it. But I asked Sean on, on Wednesday, I said, how far did you beat second place by? So it turns out he's beaten him by 26 minutes. So Telos, you could have gone a little bit slower and pushed that record out even further. If we look at if we look at last year's Kyle, twelve hours forty eight was Rory and yes. Kevin, the first and second, the holding of the hands over the line, which we have talked about, I think, last year. So you can see there they've run they've run an hour quicker last year. So yeah, I don't know how long that record will stand, um, but well done, Sean. Thirteen hours forty five, the longest person to, to finish the glass house and still win it. 
It's quite an achievement, Carl. It is. Tough one to beat. It's quite an achievement. All right. 50K. You ready for it? Who's doing the honours? I think you have to do the honours here, Tom. Well, I've only... I'll, I've I'll let you, you read do you, do you have the, all the results or only the one that you... Just, just the first. Right? Just first. Okay, I'll, so, go th- I'll go through the others quickly. Do you want me to go yep. through the other ones? Yeah, yeah. Go through it. Go through it. So, third place in the females was Ashley McNulty in 6.48. Carmen Atkinson was second in 6.32. Uh, and Rebecca Isat took the win in 6.12. And then... Third place in the males in a time of 6.10 was Carl Forsey. Second place was Stuart Houliston in a 6.03. And I will let you yep. take over here, Tom. And in first place was Ollie Waddingham in five hours and eight minutes. Thank you. Well done, Tom. Well done. Now, <laughs> for those of you thinking what the hell's going on here, so when I woke up on, that had been Sunday morning, I think after after whatever run we did Sunday, I saw that I'd been tagged on Strava by Ollie, and I was like, "Oh, this is interesting." So I clicked on that, and then did it, he put our name in the title, and then said, "Maybe Tom will pronounce my name right." I'm thinking, "What is what's going on? I've got Ollie's name right. I haven't mispronounced it." And then I looked at Ollie's surname, and who knows how long for Kyle? You've let this. Yeah, apparently you've been you've been smirking quite at this while. for quite a while, and I've never seen it. <laughs> so I've called Ollie Ollie Waddington for who knows how long. Um, he's still your nemesis, but he, he isn't Ollie Waddington. He's Ollie Waddingham. So, Ollie, I apologize. So, he's taken out the win. Was it five hours and eight minutes? He said five hours and eight minutes. Yes, five hours and eight minutes. Ollie Waddingham. So, I've, I'm trying to burn that into my brain, but you know how it's very hard, isn't it, to teach an old dog new tricks? So, I've got to now try and undo that bit of learning, uh, fire the neurons in a different direction. But well done, Ollie. On that one, five hours and eight. Now, Kyle, I've just got the winners here for the 30K. So the yes. 30K winner, Emily Yorkston, three hours and seven, takes it for the females. And Sasha Cavalier, two hours and 56, takes the 30K for the males. And I believe there was a couple of shorter ones, a 21 and a 12. Um, so that's, that's a big calendar, isn't it? 12, 21, 30, 50, 100, yeah. and the miler. <laughs> big day. Great racing. Great racing. All right. Where are we going to move to now, Kyle? You want to go Sydney? To, Sydney Marathon is what you Sydney. wanted to go to. We're going to go to Sydney. We had a few a few friends heading down there this morning, yep. so we'll go through we'll go through the marathon results as well. Because for people who haven't heard, Sydney is now on the shortlist to become an Abbott's World Marathon major in a couple of years' time. I think it's in about three years' time. They go through a yep. basically a trial period where they have to meet certain criteria, and if they meet all those criteria. They're going to be put onto the the world marathon majors, and I think I believe there's three cities that are currently doing this the next few years: Sydney Marathon, Cape Town Marathon, and I cannot remember the Chinese city, but there is a yep. town in China who his marathon is also on this trial. And yep. can't say it's a marathon I've heard about, but the three of them are going to be potentially world marathon majors in a few years' time. So that was the other thing that I saw about this is then the Sydney Marathon Instagram page put a post up in the last week basically saying, yep, we're getting our elite fields together. Here's a preview of who's running. And I was scrolling through the the PBs of the the elite field that they were lining up for this race. And there was guys that had run 204, 205, 206, 207. I think there was nine guys that had run sub 208 who were in this field. And the the Australian all-comers records, so the fastest time by anyone on Australian soil, was two hours, seven minutes, and I think around 50 seconds. Um, which yep. is a second faster than the actual Australian record, which was set, which was set in Boston. And all of a sudden, I thought, oh, geez, I reckon we're going to get an Australian all-comers record today, which we did in the end. So it was some pretty incredible racing. So we've now had the fastest ever, well, the fastest few times, few marathon times ever run on Australian soil on the male side. Were all run this morning, which was pretty impressive considering mm. Sydney Marathon is not really known as a flat, fast course. Considering got quite a few hills. A lot of turns. I don't know if you saw any of the live stream, yeah. Tom. I went back and had a look at some footage of it. A lot of hills, a lot of twisty, turny things. And I just, yeah. watching that finish, they're running through the back of the half marathon field, trying to zigzag around barricades. And these guys are running as fast as they are. It was, it was an interesting watch. And I don't know if that's something that they're going to try and change the finish or not. Like, obviously, it's a fairly iconic finish running into the opera house. But, God, it wasn't. It wasn't the greatest look, I don't think, trying to 
jump past well, half marathon run and jump over boardwalks does it still finish um circular key you go around circular key to to the opera house yep. yeah so it was it was it was the very first marathon i did in 2013 um so nearly 10 years ago now and i remember when i was jogging in past the people to the finish line you're running past people who are having breakfast they're on the side of you having like you know bacon and eggs and you know, eggs hollandaise and all these kind of things. They've got no idea what's going on and you're just busting it trying to finish a marathon. So if it's on the world majors, they're going to have to change that course because it's a it's a tough course to run anywhere close to a PB because even even on the, the elevation profile, it doesn't look much, but it's one of those ones where it's every road seems to just rise ever so slightly or dip ever so slightly. And yeah, you've got all those turns. It's not It's not quick at all. So I think they'll change it if it becomes a major. Yeah, I think, well, you know, it's obviously a very iconic start getting to run straight up over the Harbour Bridge, which I think should get mm. kind of kept in there because everyone's fresh and it's, it's quite a spectacle. But, yeah, it was just that last kind of few Ks. I'm watching these guys go and one of them's going to trip or they're going to run into someone. Mm. They were almost having to literally dodge people to try and get to the finish and there's still three of them together with a K to go. And they were absolutely yep. flying these guys and just having to jump out of the way of people, which wasn't, I don't think it's the best look for it. So I don't know if that's something they're going to change or not. But yeah, I don't know if they could even sort out just the start times of when the half's starting and try and separate them so that the back of the, the front of the marathon is not running into the back of the half marathon. But regardless yep. of that, um, yeah, we had some some fast times. So the female marathon, uh, Nazareth Weldu ran 2.26 for third. Again, another close race here. Um, Letta Baran Haley Gabrasalassi. Didn't do well there. She ran 225.45. And to Gist Germa, um, she ran 225.10. So kind of on par with Gold Coast Marathon winning times, like generally yep. over around that 225, 226. Uh, but then on the male side, Charlu Desso was third in 207.08. Uh, Cosmos Matalo Mateti, he was second in 207.05. And then yep. Moses Cabet took the win in 207.03. So wow. only five seconds between first and third, and it was a mm. sprint finish to the end. And it, I don't. Did you watch the last kilometer? Have you no. seen it, Tom? No, I've seen it was, none of it. It was kind of back and forward. One of them kicked with about a k, and then the next one kicked past them, and then Moses Kibet kicked past with a couple hundred to go. Like they were side by side, literally trying wow. to dodge people and run around corners. It was quite spectacular. But that is now the fastest marathon ever run on Australian soil by about mm. forty-five seconds. So, cool. yeah, incredible. And then the only thing, other thing we're going to say, we had a few local friends yes. who went down, went down and ran the Sydney Marathon. A lot of them from the Salt Train, so most of those boys have headed down to to have a run. Um, and if we go kind of through the results of the main one, so Mick O'Shea, who runs with them, he ran two thirty six, and I think mm -hmm. he's run. Was it Sunny Coast? Did he run two thirty six or two thirty seven? He's run. I think he's run that time yep. a few times. Gold Coast was yep. about the same. I think. He's run about 236, 237 the last three marathons in a row. So super, super consistent there. Um, good friend of ours, Ando, he went down and ran 241. So he had a little bit of a rough day, but still got it done and ran 241. So hmm. if you're having a rough day and still running 241, he, he's moving <laughs> well, which is good. I think most people would be very happy with it, but Ando's got very high expectations and obviously he's run a little bit quicker. So I was hoping to run a bit quicker. Um, Andrew Pierce, 255. Um, yep. and Joey Campbell went down there and these guys have been racing a lot. That's the first thing I thought of. And I thought, I can't believe they're down there. I feel like they've raced every race in the last few mm. weeks. These boys, they did coastal high a couple of weeks ago and they've been all yep. over the place, but Joey was down there just a bit over three hours as well. So well mm. done to the, to the salt train boys. They're, they're popping up everywhere. I must say, I'm a big fan of the Salt Train. Their um, their racing singlet or their running singlet yeah, at the moment. It, it used to be morning. it used to be blackened with a white stripe, but now it looks like it's white with a black stripe. And that yeah. it looks to me like it's an old it school, like English British athletics sort of stripe across the middle. I think spot on. So, whoever's designed that, I think it's got Wild Earth as part of the badge as well at the top. So, whoever's designed that, it's a stellar, stellar outfit. Great to see some clubs getting some iconic kind of outfits and uniforms on the Gold Coast at the moment. So, yeah, so Sydney Marathon, well done. It'll be interesting to see how that goes now on the world major scene, as we said, whether they'll change the course. But definitely one to to keep in the locker. One that I think everyone's got to do in Australia. There's a couple of iconic sort of marathons, I think. I think Sydney, Melbourne and Gold Coast would probably be the, the big three that most people want to do at some stage. So also, Kyle, this weekend was Surf Coast Century. Now, this is a race I've looked at, and I'm mentioning this because there's a couple of 
Gold Coasters who went down there. Rebecca Eagles and Danielle Murray both did 13.42. So now they've done that, I'm presuming they'll be just be shifting over to the Summer Goats because they were both in the Summer Goats quite heavily last year. So well done to those two as a lead into the Summer Goats. But Surf Coast Century, it looks a fa- I was only looking at it a couple of days ago because um, someone else on Facebook posted a, a bit of a flashback memory from years ago. And it looks like an interesting course. So much of it's run on the beach. And and I, I saw a photo that Rebecca sent today through the North chap and she's actually wading through, you know, the rock pools kind of thing. It was a great photo, so, wasn't it? Yeah. It was a great ripper. photo. So well done to Rebecca and Danielle and heading very down well. to very, very well. Coast Century. So that aside, Kyle, let's go to Summer Goats then. So it's been quiet, I must admit. There's been, there's been a fair bit happening. There's been coastal high happening. There's been... As we said, people heading to different races around the country. So I make it now. You've pretty much got – I know you've got 12 days to get out there for summer goats from, from when we're recording, but it's pretty much one weekend plus a public holiday coming this Thursday. So I'm wondering whether there'll be a, a show of force to get out there. So, so far there's been 21 runners that have got out there. Bonus point for Jack Gill and Rennie. So they were both the leaders. Oh, the I almost want to moment. protest that, Tom. Can, can I put a protest in for that bonus point? You might want to be That's careful. Rubbish. But, but That's okay. rubbish. <laughs> rubbish. I purposefully, I purposefully went through the gate last when we did 5.0 because I thought we're going to finish together and I'm going to yep. get that bonus point. And so I went in about two steps behind Jack and then we finally crossed that finish line side by side and his bloody watch gave him one second faster <laughs> than him. Unbelievable. Well, Strava, what, what are we supposed to do? You, Strava is our I know. Strava gets the final word. That's fair enough. Um, so 21 runners so far. Jack and Rennie get the bonus point. So let's go through what's happened so far. So the, there's only been two females. This is We need a big shout out to the females to get out there next weekend or on Thursday and put some times down. So Rennie, 154.48. She took the crown, the very first female. That was the rate, the run that we all did um, weekend uh no, last weekend, wasn't it? Yeah, last weekend. Yeah. So that was the run that we all did. She was the first female ever to go sub two hours on 5.0. So that's a great time, 154.48. Dana Marr went out this morning in second place, a little bit over two hours. But Dana said she knocked off six minutes from last mm, year's I summer goats. That. So that's awesome. Well done, Dana. That's, as we said, that's the real game. That's the true summer goats game is to, is to beat your PBs from previous years. As it stands, this is the male top 10. So... Tenth is Jack Day, two hours and six. So for those listening, you need to go under two oh six to get some points. Two oh six fifty four. Ninth is Jeremy Patch. Eighth is Ollie Waddingham. I'm in seventh. Scott George in sixth. Tom Brimelow in fifth. Yourself, Kyle, taking the podcast glory. You're in fourth. Jack Gill's been bumped to third, even though he gets the bonus point. Danny Carson and Brad Aird sounded like they went out on a group run yesterday morning and beat the group by 15 minutes or something like that. So I don't know what happened there, but Brad Aird has got it by a couple of seconds. I think that could be the same technique that you use, Kyle. They're very polite. You go through the gate before me at Narang. Therefore, Brad I know that well. He's very good at it. We both finish together. Works every time, yep. except for so, when I do it, then it doesn't work. Yeah, so Brad Ed's got the lead at the moment, but I'm a little shout out here, Kyle. Let's have a look at the, the the names from last year. I've got them up here. So look at how many. I mean, as I said, we've only got two females on the board at the moment. We need ten to get the, you know, the full standing. So last year it was Chrissy McCrinnan in tenth, Jen Spence was ninth, Sophie Russell eighth, Mel Haley, who's been focusing a lot on single goats, she was seventh, Ricky Pring was sixth, Janice Tybe was fifth. Chrissy was in fourth. Dana was third last year. Danielle Murray was second. And Hayley Teal was first. So I don't know Hayley's injury status at the moment, whether she's back running properly. So, But you can see there's a lot of names there, obviously, that hopefully are going to jump in in the next few days or so. But look at the look at the names also missing from well, the other the thing is I don't, we... last year. Yep. Yeah, you go. No, I was just going to say there as well, Tom, because, you know, potentially we're, we're looking at, well, we're not sure yet, we're, we're yet to confirm this, whether we're going to have a male and female prize this year. And yep. so far, there is not, Yeah. so far it's it's a 50-50 flip of a coin between Rennie and Dana who's going to win this yeah. prize. So if people want to be in yeah. running to get this prize, then you're going to have to get out there and run this loop in the next week and a half. And generally, our unofficial rule of thumb is that we try not to give um, 
prizes to people that we train with because that looks a bit like we're just rigging the results. So Dana, the prize is coming your way at the moment. So, um, but look at look at the male names here. So Reese Drummond, he was tenth last year. He hasn't been not on the board yet. Brad Ed was ninth last year on the five point loop. So that is a massive improvement. Andrew Pierce was eighth. So hopefully now he's done two big races. He'll get out there. Jack Day, he's there. Ollie, well, I've got him down here as his uh, previous name, but Ollie Waddingham, he was sixth last year. Darren Wallace, no show from him so far. Fifth last year. Darcy Swain, no show this year. He was fourth. Sam McLaren, no show at the moment. And Jack and Tom were second and first. So, yeah, we've it's, it's waiting. It's still waiting to kick off properly. But maybe in the next week or so, maybe people are just a little bit afraid of the 5.0 as well. The only other thing I wanted to to ask you, Kyle, was we we did. It's too late to do it now for five but we did suggest possibly a day one bonus point. What are you, what are your thoughts on that? I haven't actually asked I you about this. I don't mind it. I don't mind it. Day Should one. we bring it in for four If you get out there on the first day of the month and you're the fastest on the well, day, it's a Saturday. Next month is a Saturday, so that's any well it could be a big first day then. Saturday, the first of October. It's not gonna. <laughs> Should we make it official? Yeah, let's do it. All right. You heard it here first, which is the only place to hear it, but you've heard it here first that on the first day of every month for 4.0, 3.0, 2.0, 1.0, there'll also be a bonus point on offer. So you can you can get it on the first day of the month. You can get it on the halfway through the month. And then, of course, at the end of the month, we'll do the 10 to 1. So, yeah, you lay down a fast time on that first day and it survives through to halfway through the month. It actually ends up being a double. So yes, mm. there you go. What what's the first like of it. um? So that's the first of Nov- October. What's the first of November? First of November is a Tuesday. December yep. is a Thursday. Yep. January is a Sunday. Oh, New yep. Year's Day Sunday. That'll be a big oh, day. Oh, oh, oh. Big, big morning on the goat loop. That's what we want. <laughs> so, night runs. Yeah, yeah. Outside of that. Um, just news from purely the goat loop itself. 8,721 loops have been done, so we're still on track. Kyle, can, while I'm just talking through this, can you figure out how many weeks we've got left in the year so then we can figure out? I think we've got, we've got about, about, well, it's 11 weeks until GC50. I know that. Oh, yeah. So we're okay. 12, 13, 14, 15. So tick under 15. Perhaps 15, 15. Weeks, weeks to go. So I don't 1, know what we're averaging the last few weeks. 1,279 divided by 15. We need 85 loops a week done to get to 10,000 by the end of the year. So Oof. that's what 12, that's 12 a day. Come on, those multiple Come loop on. people. Brad and Scott Vince are going to have to get out there yep. three times a day. <laughs> yeah. Vince Stefanak, Sean Lyons, Brad Scott, those people who do the multiple ones, I'm sure you can get us up to 12 a day. It doesn't sound much, does it? 12 a day. No, it doesn't. That doesn't sound nothing, much at all. I'm, I'm, I'm confident. I'm confident ten thousand is going to happen by the end of the year. Boy, that'd be brilliant. Imagine if it fell on the first of January on a double point summer ghost it could day. Be. It's probably <laughs> going to. Yeah. If not, we'll rig it. Um, local <laughs> legend, <laughs> local legend Scott George on seventy-eight. That's just dipping a little bit. He's been in the eighties a fair bit recently, so that's just dropped a little bit. I don't know the gap between Ben and Scott at the moment, and. As far as the podcast championship, the weekly champions, Mel Haley, 55-42. Will Kitchen, 33-43. That's impressive from Will. Very impressive. Well done, He's training Will. for the Melbourne, Melbourne Marathon at the moment. So, yes, he was someone who I thought he was going to have a crack at 5.0 but didn't get out there. He's decided to focus on the road marathon instead, which could be a good decision. Who knows? We'll see. Kyle, outside of that, anything else from the Goat Loop? Anything from Narang? No, I've like that? I said, I, I ventured in there other than our Monday morning run for the first time in a long time, and mm. I enjoyed it. Um, we might even head back out there next weekend again. I haven't decided yet, but it, you know, it hasn't scarred me. I, I kind of want to go back. I feel well, like I've, we don't... I did have a look. I did have a look actually. I reckon I've run in Narang. We were trying to work out this this out the other day after Wednesday Walkers. How many times we've run in certain places. Yeah. And I was trying to find some common segments in the rank to work out how many times I've actually run there. And I'm pretty sure I found one that was around three hills. And I think I'd gone up that four or 500 times, and that's not including goat loops. So I reckon I'd be close to a 1,000 runs in the rank. And yet well, I reckon since we started this podcast, I've done about 12. 
I don't know well, where I fit them all in. <laughs> well, okay. So what what do you reckon your, your 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 greatest segment in terms of how many times you've done it? I reckon for me it's Last Hilda Gate. So I'm just looking at that. I've done Last Hilda Gate. No, mine's nowhere near that. that. I reckon. I never. I used to always run up three hills. Oh, see, I've only done Last Hilda Gate two hundred and five times. So yeah, it can't be that one. I wonder what it is. So I go to Quarry Climb is probably a good one because you get that on the fire trails. Oh, yeah, yeah I've done that climb. 500 times. I've done Quarry, quarry Climb, and that doesn't include any of the single trail ones. Quarry Climb. Yeah. I've two, done Quarry two, Climb 500 times. 226. Quarry Climb has been done 31,000 times by people. That's a big segment. <laughs> big segment yeah. in the rank. Yeah, that is huge. That You think you think that would be the most run out of all of them because you'd, you'd get that coming down, wouldn't you, as you said? It'd be, yeah, it'd be up there. Although, it's surely... Good. It's a good I don't think I've got it on my start start list here. So I can, how can I find that? You know, the um, I'm sure on the goat loop, there's the first like two or three hundred meters is yeah a segment. So is. even even if you're going up um up three hills, you still take that in first man trail step up. Yeah, I've done that five hundred and sixty six times. That's even more. Though. That's a good one. Yeah. Okay. Yep. Yep. There you go. Um. All right, I've forgotten where we were going with that, but there we go. Don't know. That was just me killing time. The rang and the, the rang and the go loop. Now <laughs> we haven't got much else. There's a few things from Park Run, but nothing major has been done. I've, I've yet to compile the top ten for this year, but not a huge amount has been done. There's a couple of ones that sort of jumped out at me. Um, down at Kira, Eddie Keo, he ran sixteen forty three. Regan Ellis at Varsity Lake, she ran eighteen oh three. One that actually jumped out at me was Matthew Hunter or Hunton, at Tambourine, only the second person this calendar year to run under 20 minutes at Tambourine, 1942. The other one was Michael Gachola. So that's a decent time at Tambourine. So well done, Matthew. He's only the second person to break 20 there. And our favourite park run, Broad Beach, a couple of times there. Mark Hones, 16, 17. What, you get a world record there or something? Or what's <laughs> happened now? And Olivia Lennon, 1905. <laughs> so I haven't, I haven't even started looking at the top 10 park runs, but... I can't remember talking much about sub sub sixteens, so I, I don't know if, if there's going to be. What about our Norths? We might be up the top, Tom. Might be Desi and I and Jack. I, th- I think it will be. You know, I can't think of much else that's been around like Pretty fifteen, nice. thirty, thirty yeah, times. I'm sure, so. there's been some faster ones. Yep. All right. Now to finish it off before we go, before we chat about some other races coming up as well. We did. I don't know how we got onto this topic at coffee the other morning, but we were talking about. If you had to make a relay team, five runners, I don't know why we chose five, five runners from your profession, who would you choose? Well, we got, so... onto, we got onto the topic because I think that we were talking about runners and someone said, geez, there's a lot of teachers or oh, yeah. tradies that are runners. That was <laughs> there's a lot of te- a lot of runners seem to be teachers. That's how it started. Yeah. Yep. And then we thought, oh, I wonder you could make like a teacher's team versus a, a tradies team. And then we started throwing out names of who would be in our who would be in our respective professional teams. It was an interesting so, conversation. I didn't know if it had to be a mixed team in, in, in the same format as the, the the Gold Coast Relay. That happens every single year. So three of one gender, two of the other. So I was thinking about the teaching profession, who I'd get for a mixed team. And I, I can't really think of the two females that would go into that. But I've certainly got five males. So the, the one that we were throwing around the other day was, was if it was just a male team, who would you go with? So, Kyle, did you, were you under health and fitness or were you just under health? Oh, I can't remember. I think we decided health. Health. It, it depended whether we wanted Adzi on the team or not. We were kind of going to stretch the title out to health and fitness yeah. and get Adzi on the team as well. So we'll, we'll got, go health and fitness. Have you got five then? Have you got the five that you that you take? Yeah. So yep. we, we, ours was kind of health professionals we, we went yep. with. So there was myself, yep. Adzi, Tom Brimlow, yep. Henry Coombs, and Dave yep. Vernon. It's a pretty good team. It's very good. It's a Very pretty good, good team. I don't, I don't know if you're going to beat that, Tom. That's, that's a that's a strong team. Well, you know what? I I reckon we would. I reckon the oh, teachers that's... would. And and the reason why is that I'm putting myself purely in as a managerial role. I'm not I'm not making the team. I'm I'm there just literally carrying the bags. So here we go: Andrew Pierce and Joey Campbell, Jake Davis, Rob Egan, and then I no can I. Do I have to? Can I take him now, or can I take him in his prime? Uh, I don't know who you're going to say. And Jackson let's, Elliott. Let's, 
Yeah, Jacko. Jacko runs a sub 30 for 10K. So I'm pretty sure Michael take... Shelley's studying teaching as well. Maybe you can get him I think on the so. team. Yeah, yeah. yeah so, yeah, so, so Joey, Piercy, Rob Egan, Jake Davis, and Jackson Elliott in his prime. That I think would oh. give the health a good run for their money. Well, what you should have said, Louis a teacher. Louis McAfee's a teacher. How did you not pick him? Is he? He's a teacher. Yeah. Put him in. See, not Sorry, Joey. Sorry. <laughs> <laughs> Sorry. <laughs> Joey, you can come as assistant manager with me. So, okay, we've got Louis McAfee, Jackson Elliott. Well, actually, um, Jordan McClellan as well, he does a little bit of work at uh, oh, no, A little school. bit of work doesn't count. Come on. Well, we, I've he's been on the athletic... I mean, I can be on the team. He's on He's on the morning athletics club training uh, team, so we, we we put him in there. All right, so, yeah, a little bit of fun there to figure out what who would win a relay race. But, yeah, there'd be a tradie team. There'd be well, the tradies a... team. We would have, because then we're talking about it, you've got guys like Eddie, you've got guys like Luke, who are the other ones yep. have on the trade team? Well, Jack, we had yep. Ty who runs for Randy Campbell with us. They'd have a pretty good team as well. Where yeah, does we might have... where, where do people like Mike Spence come in as the you know landscaping would, and and would, Arbor... Clark, would, he, would he chuck him in the trade team as well? Would he? I can't remember I don't what know. he. Well, he's I landscaping. He yep, that's true. So who knows? Who knows? Um, anyway, all right, it Cole. may not happen, yes. but it, it could happen. <laughs> It won't happen. It definitely won't happen. <laughs> so, what's what have we got coming up? Then we've tried to plan this 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 podcast so that we're looking forward into the next couple of fortnights, so that we can get some big races on. So, in two weeks, we have the the start of the SEQ series up at Inogra, and certainly in our training group, there's been a bit of banter that's been thrown around. Um, so, you're in the long course, I believe. I'm in the short course. Oh, so I, that's I, I'm not entered in anything currently. I'm still, not, still waiting for a free ticket on any star list. <laughs> <clears throat> I don't I have you, an entry yet. <laughs> I, yeah, I thought you were in. I thought you'd already got it. No. no oh, okay. I didn't. Okay. I don't well, know. Expect- I'll, I'll leave it as a, it's a mystery. More just because I don't know if Jack knows if I'm racing or not. And he's, I yeah. think he's going to race. So we'll, we expect I, don't you, know. We expect I might be there on the start line. I, I might not be. I might be laying in bed having a sleep. We'll see. <laughs> Or out on summer goats um, on the true. Saturday, looking for the bonus points. That's true. So SEQ is coming up in two weeks' time. Blackall then is in four weeks, I believe, about the fifteenth, sixteenth of October, I think. Which means then UTA is must be the week after. So there's there's quite a few big sort of things coming up in the next in the next month or so. Um, of course, the cuts coming up as well. Queensland five thousand meter championships among other things. So, yeah, lots lots happening as we now go into the summer as it heats up. How do, have you actually found this little quick change of temperature? I've actually quite enjoyed I've enjoyed the earlier sunrises and the light coming yep. up a bit earlier. No, I found the temperature this morning was beautiful. Yeah. I actually quite enjoyed this morning's temperature. It was, it was nice to start a run in a singlet. I don't think I've started a run in a singlet yet yep. since last summer. So, no, I, I'm... Yeah, yeah, more than happy with the current temperature. I feel like we're getting nice spring mornings at the moment. It's not too hot, but it's also not cold. It was lovely. Yeah, I think we we all enjoy running and training in winter, but then it, I don't know. It seemed to me just to be a long winter. This one, like the 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 darkness seemed to hang around. Obviously, it was yeah. the same as always, but the darkness just seemed to hang around longer. And and now that it's broken, I'm just like, all right, let's let's get the sweats out. Let's really start to you know. I've got to the stage now where I'm thinking, okay, you can't leave the singlet in the back of the car while you're at work for the day because then you come out from work and your car's all steamed up with, you know, singlet sweat. It's not good. So, no. yeah, a little bit of organisation and a higher fluid rate definitely for, for training. So, Kyle, yes. that's that's the podcast. What what have we got in store for the next two weeks? I, nev- I never like to ask what the session is on a Tuesday, Friday, so don't tell us Well, the, the one that. bit of news is I don't think we're too far away from getting back to the track. Beautiful. I reckon we'll be back at the track by the time we have the next podcast, potentially. The only thing we're waiting for is the sun to come up early enough that yep. there, we can run without headlamps running around the track. That is the only mm-hmm. thing we're limited with. And I think I was having a look at my watch. I've got the sunrise sunset times and next week i reckon it's a bit too soon but yep. the one after that i reckon we could be on for we could be on for a tuesday track so maybe two weeks maybe three weeks but we could be back on the track we'll see spikes or super shoes oh. 
I will not be in spike straight away because I will <laughs> be hobbling around afterwards. So I will slowly build into some spike volume, yeah. Um, yeah. not straight away. But no, at some point the spikes will get cracked out for their one little training block a year where they come out for about three runs once a year. Yeah. I'll have to yeah. crack them out of the bag somewhere. Brilliant. All right, mate. That's 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 the episode. There wasn't a huge amount of racing, but we've talked about lots of other stuff. Um, we've padded it out as we normally do, close to the hour. So no, we've hit an is, hour, I think. Look at that. Yeah, but, I, think, yeah. I thought this was going to be like a 30-minute episode, this one. Yeah. Everyone, who's, everyone, who, everyone who's made it through this episode, well done. So if you didn't and you're not listening, we completely understand because there wasn't a huge amount of chat about, but we've we've got there. We've got there. So absolutely. All right, Carl. Have a good a good fortnight, mate, and train well. Not too well, but train well. And we'll uh we'll see everyone in two weeks' time. Sounds good. We'll see you then. Beautiful. See ya. Mm-hmm.